You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Well, a good Monday show for you in that we had a 2-0 weekend. A bad Monday show for you in that I have COVID. In case you can't hear it in my voice. But we will get to everything that happened this past weekend and all that and more coming up momentarily. So, yeah, if you were following along on my Instagram story yesterday, you saw tested positive for COVID. And, you know, look, COVID hits people different ways. There are some people that lose their taste and their smell for three months or six months. There are still people suffering who got it in 2020 and are suffering from long COVID. Luckily, you know, knock on wood, I am not. I've had it once before. I had it in January of 2022 coming back from Vegas. Definitely picked it up in Vegas. I had it for about six days, but my symptoms were very small. It was just a sore throat that turned into a runny nose, and that's exactly what this is. Sore throat Saturday. Had a little bit of a fever Saturday night. Took some leave, sweated it out. Yesterday, I was just blowing my nose all day, and as I record this, just very congested. But no aches, no pains, no dizziness, no lack of smell, lack of taste, anything like that. So good to go as of right now. Hopefully it just, you know, subsides after a little bit. Didn't get my COVID booster this year. I got my flu shot this year. Forgot to get my COVID booster. But either way, I think um, hopefully, I mean, you know, in the clear, and this is just something that, uh, you know, after a few days, it'll flush out of my system, you know, my my sinus congestion right now that's happening that's making me have this uh, deep bass of a voice. So let's get to Championship Sunday. So much to talk about here. We'll start with the first game, Kansas City. In Baltimore. So you heard enough people talk over the weekend, all of last week, heading into the weekend of anybody that was on Baltimore's side is, I've looked at this game every which way, and I just don't see how Kansas City wins this game. Every single way I look at it, this is Baltimore's number one scoring defense. Baltimore plays the middle of the field better than any football team in America. They have the number one rushing offense. They have the game at home. I just don't see any way Kansas City wins this game. I mean, that's that's all you heard. And it's just, I guess, in this hot take world, that's what people have to say. You have to have a strong opinion one way or another. Or you have to tell people, no, Baltimore's going to win this game. No, it's it's over. It's This run for Kansas City is over. Well, no, it's not. And you didn't know anything more than anybody else did. You were just you know, steadfast on your opinion that this is how the game was going to go. When in reality, you don't know anything. None of us know anything because we'd all be rich if we did. Now, did I make a few bucks this weekend because I took Kansas City plus the points and Detroit plus the points? Yes. But I easily could have went 1-1 or gone 0-2. I mean, you saw my NFL picks this year. I was basically 50%. And in the playoffs now, I'm what? I went 2-4. and four. Then I went three and one, and then I went two and zero. Oh. So I'm seven and five in the playoffs. Not bad. I'll take it. Would have been really nice if Detroit would have pulled out the win yesterday. We'll get to that. But I think the bottom line comes down to this: if Patrick Mahomes is playing in a football game and it's in the playoffs, I don't care if it's home or road. You don't bet against him until he proves you wrong, especially if he's an underdog. He's now been an underdog twelve times in his career. Just overall, not talking playoffs. Twelve times in his career he's been an underdog. He's nine and three straight up, ten one and one against the spread. And they installed him as an underdog against Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl? 
look, I you can break down the X's and O's all you want of the Super Bowl. Watch tape of all 17 games the Niners played this year. Watch all tape all 17 games of the Chiefs played this year. Watch all their playoff games. To me, I don't care about any of the X's and O's when it comes to the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking him to win the game. I'll take him plus two and a half, maybe buy a, if it's down to two, buy a full point. I'm just taking Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. And I think that's something that we have to think about going forward. Because now, after the regular season that they put up this year, where we were saying it all along, I was saying it all season, this is not a good offensive team. They are struggling offensively. They don't have the weapons they once did. Yet, it didn't even matter. So even next now going into next season or watching next season, I have no, how, no idea how next season is going to play out for the Chiefs. But however they look in the regular season, I guarantee it's not going to be as bad as it looked this regular season. But if they get to the playoffs, just throw the regular season out the door. Look at what they did this regular season and look at what they've done in the playoffs. They look like a completely different team. Yes, I understand they only put up 17 points yesterday. And yes, they didn't even score in the second half. Shit, I don't think they scored the last six minutes of the second quarter. I mean, they were up 17-7 to with, I don't know the exact number, but it was at least six minutes left in the second quarter. And they didn't score the rest of the game. And the Ravens only scored three points the rest of the game. But what got them to 17-0, if you watch that first quarter and a half, was a masterpiece by Mahomes. That's all he needed. Yeah, what, a 90-yard drive, a 75-yard drive? I mean, it was a dissection of this defense that finally, oh, this is the best defense in the league. You can't beat them at home. No way. Well, I saw them go to overtime with the Rams at home this year and give up 31 points to Matt Stafford. So don't tell me they couldn't be beat at home. It's why I liked Kansas City in the first place. But this notion that just like I know it's Championship Sunday and there's only two games and you're always going to look at, well, God, it's just the number one seed. They, all they got to do is win this home game, and they're in the Super Bowl. Yet here we are again, now 49 Super Bowls, and only 14 times has both number one seeds gotten to the Super Bowl. If it was that easy, they'd get there every year. We shouldn't even play the playoff games. Just put the number one seeds in the Super Bowl. Yet 35 times it hasn't happened, and 14 times it has. So... We got to keep that in mind. Patrick Mahomes is on a different level than anybody in the NFL. Did you see the numbers comparing him to Brady in his first six years? It's a little bit scary. So in their first six years, Patrick Mahomes is 72 and 22 regular season. Brady was 70 and 24 in the playoffs. Mahomes is now 14 and three. Brady 12 and two. AFC titles. Mahomes has four. Brady had three. Super Bowl rings. Brady had three. Mahomes is going for number three. Touchdowns to interceptions for six years. Patrick Mahomes, 258 touchdowns, 69 interceptions. Brady, 167 touchdowns and 87 interceptions. So he literally had almost 100 less touchdown passes and almost 20 more interceptions than Mahomes in his first six years. Quarterback rating, Mahomes, 103.7. Brady, 88.4. I'm not going to sit here and say Patrick Mahomes is better than Tom Brady, but on the path that he's on right now, it certainly looks like he's going to be. 
If he wins the Super Bowl in two weeks, the amazing part is he's still not even halfway to Brady's Super Bowl titles. He'll have three. Brady had seven. Brady went to ten Super Bowls. This will be Mahomes' sixth Super Bowl, right? No, sorry, fifth. He's won two and... No, what am I talking about? Fourth. He's won two and he lost one. He lost to the Bucs. Beat the Niners. 2020 Super Bowl. Down 10 points to start the fourth quarter and they outscored the Niners 21-0 and beat them 31-20. And then last year, beat the Eagles. Down 10 points at halftime. Double digits. Came back and won 38-35. So he's looking to go 3-1, and one, but he still would only be three to Brady's seven in his career. But Mahomes has also only played six years. Brady played 20 years. Put it this way. It's Brady, then Mahomes, and then everybody else. Because what he's doing and the numbers that he's putting up are unmatched. Absolutely unmatched. Hell, they weren't even trailing yesterday. But did you know in the playoffs, when he's been trailing by seven points in a playoff game, Patrick Mahomes is 8-1? and one? The rest of the NFL, when trailing by seven points in a playoff game, was before this weekend eleven and fifty three. We'll make that twelve and fifty three because the Niners came back and won. But yeah, I'm telling you, watching the Kansas City Chiefs next year in the regular season like won't even matter. Just like I tell you, for the Dodgers and for the Cowboys, assuming they both get to the playoffs, it's just not going to matter. I don't care what happened in the regular season to any of those teams, and we can honestly say that about Kansas City after what they just pulled this year. They were terrible offensively this year during the regular season. Terrible. So many screw-ups in the red zone. So many field goals over touchdowns. And yet here they are in the Super Bowl again for the fourth time in five years. Baltimore Ravens only gave up 16 points a game. Had 60 sacks, 31 turnovers. First time anyone has ever led the NFL in those three categories. And what did it get them in the AFC Championship game at home? A 17-10 loss where... That defense did absolutely nothing against Patrick Mahomes for the first quarter and a half, and the offense couldn't support them and even get past 17 points. See what I mean? I feel like I just say this every single playoff season, and you probably roll your eyes at me, where I say, look, throw everything out. None of it matters. It's a one-game series every single week. And that's what it is. And here we are. Man, Patrick Mahomes is just amazing. So let's get to the Lions-San Francisco game. This weekend on Friday, I told you, I had took both points, took Kansas City, took Detroit plus the seven, had him in a parlay, had him in a teaser, had him in a two-team money line parlay as well, which would have paid nicely considering the time I put Detroit in, they were plus 260, and Kansas City was, I think, 145. 24-7 at halftime, and Detroit literally dominating every asset of aspect of that game. You're just like, wow. Are the Detroit Lions going to do it? And I texted Bob Sturm this after the game, and I think what he said on Thursday's podcast ended up coming to fruition. What was the first thing he said when I asked him about Detroit-San Francisco game? Do you remember? He said, I want to say this defense is one year away. And when you watch the second half of that game, couldn't have fit that description any more perfectly. The Detroit Lions didn't get one stop in the second half. And they gave up 27 points after literally 
shutting the Niners down on anything they wanted to do in the first half and holding them to seven points. It was right there for the taking, Lions fans. They had everything. Now, I know a lot of people, especially after my love for Dan Campbell, might jump on me, might jump on Dan Campbell, for the two fourth down calls that ended up incomplete. It's debatable. I'd listen to an argument that you got to kick the field goal at that point. My argument in return is he's done it all season. This is who he is. You even heard Bob talk about it on Thursday. It's like, I need that guy going forward on fourth down, running fake punts. You got to throw the whole kit and caboodle at them. This is the game to go to the Super Bowl. Don't hold back. So I get why he went for it. Because he's done it all season. Anybody watching the Lions yesterday and it was the first time ever watching the Lions, you might think that this guy is nuts. No. That's what he's done all season long. The guy on third down, the the first time they went forward on fourth down, the receiver dropped it. Bad execution. Second time they went forward on fourth down, Goff got flushed out of the pocket, threw a weak pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, and it fell short. The thing is, it's very easy to criticize after the fact when it doesn't succeed. Because then you could say, oh my God, I can't believe they just gave up three points. One, you don't know for sure if the field goal was going to be made. Probably it would have, but you don't know for sure. And two, he's doing it all season. If he would have kicked a field goal there, you would have been like, what? This guy's gone for it all season. Now, in the biggest game of the year, he's going to start you know, clutching his throat. I'm sorry. I don't have an issue with it. The biggest screw-up that Dan Campbell had in yesterday's game, and it'll probably eat at him because this was a screw-up. The other ones are debatable. Some people say, hey, he's being aggressive. you got to love that in your coach. If you loved it when he went for it all those times in fourth down and converted this season on fourth down and you loved him for that, you can't be mad at him for going for it. You can be mad that he didn't execute, but you can't be mad at the coach. The biggest screw-up was at the end of the game. Greg Olson, the best analyst in the NFL, nailed it. And if you had a recorder running in my house, you would have heard me saying the exact same thing. I said, they need to score with at least a minute left and don't use a timeout on this drive because then they don't have to rely on an onside kick, which is never recovered anyway. It's very, very lucky if an onside kick is recovered in the NFL because they've changed the rules. They don't want onside kicks being recovered. So I said, if they score with a minute left, minute 10, minute 15, They have three timeouts left, and it's much easier to stop someone from getting a first down than it is someone recovering an onside kick. So they get down to the one-yard line, and it's third and goal from the one-yard line. Detroit has all three timeouts left. It's about 105, 110 left, something like that. And they threw the ball on both first and second down and didn't get anywhere, didn't get a touchdown. So they run it on third down. Now, as Olson was saying during the broadcast, just know if you run the ball right now and get stopped, you have now pinned this whole game onto recovering an onside kick. And that's exactly what happened. They got stopped. They went for it on fourth, got it, thank God, got the back door, which is pretty amazing to think that I had a team up 24 to 7, getting seven points and they were not covering with a minute left in the game, but they got that backdoor touchdown to only lose by three. But the second they used that, the second they used that timeout, you couldn't kick it deep. 
because you needed all three timeouts. You would have gotten, if they don't use that timeout and they throw two passes into the end zone and score either on third or fourth down, the Detroit Lions are down three, they have all three timeouts left, and there's a minute, minute and five left in the game. Very Now, granted, Detroit didn't stop anybody in the second half. I'm not saying they would have, but you didn't even give yourself, you didn't even give your team a chance because you wasted that third down, that, that timeout after the third down running call, which should never have been called. Just throw two passes. If they're both incomplete, the game's over anyway. But you, the whole point of that drive was let's not use a timeout here because then we can kick off and we have three timeouts to stop them from getting a first down. Understand they hadn't stopped them all second half, but put it this way, San Francisco wasn't throwing the ball first and second down. You knew they would run it on first to make you use a timeout. You knew they would run it on second to make you use a timeout. And if it was third and short, anything like third and four or less, eh, they might have thrown it on third down. Either way, the whole point was you had a chance if you don't blow a timeout there. That, to me, was Dan Campbell's biggest mistake of the game. And the and I'm not saying it cost them the game because what if they would have what if San Francisco would have gotten a first down then they would have won the game 34-31 what if they wouldn't have gotten a first down Detroit gets the ball back with a minute left and either turns the ball over or misses a field goal or doesn't even get close enough to attempt a field goal we don't know I'm not saying because anything if if anything all it did was give them a chance to tie. I don't think they would have scored a touchdown. Depends how close they would have gotten. But the point being, even if they kicked a field goal to tie it at 34 and we go to overtime, we have no idea who's going to win in overtime. So that's what I'm saying. It didn't cost them the game, but he never gave his team a chance. And that he was running, that whole drive was perfect. Every play Detroit ran, they took, the, they took over with three minutes left. And they took over on their own, I don't remember the yard line. It was inside their own 20, I believe. Maybe it was the 20. They had three minutes left, and they were down 10. And they marched all the way down the field and never used a timeout. They knew exactly what they needed to do. But whoever called the running play on third down, I just, you, you can't. You can't do it. You have to take a chance on throwing the ball because it's either going to be a touchdown or it's incomplete, and the clock is stopping, and you're not using a timeout. So that was my biggest issue with Dan Campbell. You still got to love the Detroit Lions story. You feel for them blowing a 24-7 to halftime lead? I mean, that's a game they absolutely should have won. I'm guessing everybody at home was thinking they were going to win. San Francisco, once again, for the second week in a row, looked terrible in the first half. Terrible. And Detroit took advantage of it. Detroit looked just as good as Green Bay did, if not better. They did whatever they wanted offensively. Marched down the field, three touchdowns, field goal. Stopped everything San Francisco wanted to do offensively. It was great. And I'm like, wow, this is going to happen. And then I think the momentum shifted. And I'm not a huge thing on momentum because momentum can change at the drop of a hat. But when Dan Campbell went forward on fourth down for the first time in the third quarter, they didn't get it. Receiver drops the ball. Then the very next play, the San Francisco receiver catches the ball off the DB's face mask. Touchdown. Next play. Or two plays later. Then the very first play after the kickoff, Detroit Lions fumble, touchdown. Then the, the next drive, Detroit has a third down drop right over the middle. Guy's wide open, just hits him right in the hands. He dropped it. The same guy that dropped the fourth down play earlier. 
and next drive, they had a clean sack on Brock Purdy on the very first play. Could have been first and 20, first and 25. Purdy ducks out of it somehow and completes a 10-yard pass. Not saying that they couldn't have come back from a first and 25, but it just changed the whole complexion. It just seemed like ever since they went forward on fourth and didn't execute, everything went right for the San Francisco 49ers, and nothing went right for the Lions. It was just like snowball effect. But yet, got to love that back door by Detroit scoring on fourth down. You know, I was what was I hoping they would recover the onside kick? Sure. But I knew it was slim. The chances were slim and none. Just doesn't happen, unfortunately. So that's it. Detroit Lions, a great story. I, I think this is a team that isn't going anywhere. If they shore up that defense, this is a team that could be there uh, in the coming years and right there and see them as a repeat next year. Not necessarily are they going to repeat and get to the NFC Championship game, but you just never know. What I'm saying is that is a well-coached football team that just needs to be better defensively. They got great offensive weapons. I, I just don't see them going 6-11, and 11, you know, outside of, you know, major injuries to Amon Ross St. Brown or Jared Goff or any of the running backs or something like that where they get totally depleted by injuries. This is a team that's going to be in the NFC hunt for a while. So we've got Kansas City and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Right now, San Francisco is a two-point favorite, total of 48. Like I said, you can X and O's this game until your eyes bleed. I do not care. This is Patrick Mahomes as an underdog again on a neutral field against Brock Purdy. I don't care. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't mean San Francisco can't win the game, and maybe this is going to be the first only the second loss against the spread that Patrick Mahomes has had as an underdog in the playoffs or as an underdog in his NFL career. He's eight, you know, he's what, eight and, what did I say, eight and three, nine and three now? He's been an underdog 12 times. He's won nine of those games. He's been an underdog 12 times. He's 10, one and one against the spread. Maybe this is 10, two and one. I don't know, but I will hitch my wagon to Patrick Mahomes against Brock Purdy. I just will. Prove me wrong, Patrick. Play a bad game when it matters, and then I'll be like, well, maybe I could uh, stop uh, betting on Patrick Mahomes. I just don't see that anytime soon. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for fighting through listening to this voice. It's just as tough for you uh, as it is for me, but hopefully with a little rest, it'll be better uh, tomorrow. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Um, the daily roundup is, has been posted, uh, about an hour ago. Check that out. If you'd like, again, thank you all for listening, tuning in good stuff coming up on the sports daily, uh, in the year 2024. So I will keep you updated on that again. Thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate it. And remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.